When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. The TikTok algorithm is a weird place, but every so often a video of a stripper counting cash will go viral. People are fascinated with this industry, and the fact that it's controversial makes this underworld something that people simultaneously have a lot of questions and opinions around. So today I wanted to feed that fascination through a totally frank conversation about stripping with a stripper. And by the way, that is an appropriate term I asked. In our conversation, we cover all the ground from the celebrities she's seen at the club to how much they tip and how she manages all that cash. Plus the surprising way she became the center of a scheme involving the IRS. Let's get into it. Amanda DeMeo, welcome to Money Rehab. Hi, thanks for having me. For those of our audience members who don't know you, do you mind introducing yourself to us? Sure. So my name is Amanda Tomeo. I'm 28. I am from Pennsylvania. I am an exotic dancer, also known as a stripper. And I make TikToks about my life because a lot of people are interested in it because they don't really know much about strippers. They just hear about strippers online and assume the worst. So I like to bring insight to that and show people that, you know, it's not as crazy as people think and we're not as bad as people think. We also are just trying to live our lives to the fullest and we're not horrible people like everyone assumes. We're not like drug users and like people that just take advantage of other people, you know? Yeah, for sure. And do you prefer stripper or dancer or exotic dancer or what's like the preferred term in the community? In the community, like me and my friends, we'll just call each other strippers. We don't mind. It doesn't offend us. So it's whatever anybody wants to call us, we're fine with, you know? So exotic dancer, entertainer, stripper, it's all the same thing. Okay. Well, I read you started stripping, dancing, entertaining uh, as a way to pay for college. Is that right? Yes. I started dancing when I was 20. I was at a community college and I wanted to go to a university And I figured the best way to do that would be to make fast money. And fast money is working at nightclubs or waitressing. But the best money you can make is being a dancer. So I was like, you know what? Why not? And I ended up making so much money that I graduated debt-free from Westchester University. And then I just decided to continue dancing and keep it as a career. I was going to be a school psychologist, but the money is not the same as the money that I make at the club. So... Well, we are money rehab, so we want to know all about the money that you make. But that is no easy feat, Amanda. You graduated with a psych degree, right? And debt-free. So that is awesome. And your grandmother and your mom and your aunt were also 
strippers is that yeah, right? so it's funny because it like kind of runs in the family and like me and my family will make jokes about it all the time but yeah so my grandma was a dancer and then my mom was a dancer but she wouldn't dance like i like will go crazy i'll go like 13 days in a row and like, save a bunch of money and then you know go on trips and stuff my mom she would just do it to like pay bills and i like want an extravagant lifestyle so I'll work my ass off for like 13 days. And then I'm like, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to work for 13 days again and then do this, you know. So I'm like the crazy hard worker in the family. But now I ended up being the main person in the family that provides for everyone in the family. My mom lives with me. My brother lives with me. I take care of them. I take my family on trips all the time. I like what I do. I have a lot of fun with it. All my best friends work with me. So it's kind of just like, oh, I'm going to the club to hang out with my friends. And we get to make money. So cool. <laughs> Yeah. Well, tell me more about the money. I have a thousand questions. So let's follow the money trail of stripping. I've seen a bunch of your amazing videos on TikTok. I was like hooked. You're counting money in your videos. So how much do you make on a given night? So it just depends the time of year and like what's going on in the world. If I'm working in Pennsylvania and it's the summer, a lot of people go down to the Jersey Shore, so it might be slower. But on any given day, you can make any type of money. It just depends on the client that comes in. You know, one guy can give you $10,000 or there could be 50 guys in the club and they all give you only a dollar. But any that, night you can- make, Guys give you a dollar? I literally, when they try to hand me a dollar, I'm like, no, babe, it's okay. You can keep it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can make anywhere from negative money, which means dancers have to pay to work. So we have to pay a house fee, we have to tip out a DJ, a house mom, and then we tip out the bouncers. So we're already negative, I don't know, 100, 200 bucks when we walk in the door. So you can make negative money or you can make as much money as the guy wants to give you, which could be like thousands and thousands of dollars. But yeah, so there's a wide range. But an average night, I would say for most dancers, including me, like a thousand, fifteen hundred, five hundred. My goal every night is 1500 Net or gross? Before you pay all the people out or after? After it's about, yeah. If I make like $1,700, i am walking home with 1500 Okay, so the tips that you're giving out are kind of discretionary or is it set? There's a house fee, which is set. It's like $100 a night. Unless it's like a Sunday or a Monday, it's $40. And then the house mom always has to get minimum $15. But, you know, usually the girls will give her like 20 If it's like a really cool house mom, like 40 Because the house mom provides snacks, hairspray, toothpaste, toothbrush. Everything a woman needs is there. You know, eyelashes. So we try to take care of the house moms as much as we can. And then the DJ, depending on if the girl goes on stage or not, is how much she would give the DJ. I don't go on stage anymore. So I'll give the DJ like 50 60 bucks a night. If a bouncer picked up your ones for you or helped you like find a customer, you know, you might give him, depending on how much you made, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. Or if a bouncer walks you to your car, you might just throw him 10 bucks. He makes sure you're safe. So you just take care of them. They take care of you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Who is a house mom? Is it an older woman? Like, is it an ex-stripper? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Like, I think like all the house moms at my club are like ex-strippers. They like were dancers and then they worked in the club after that. Maybe they became like a champagne hostess or a bartender after. And then house mom is a fun job, I feel like, because you get to like communicate with all the girls. You just sit in the dressing room and you just make sure they're all taken care of. And then we take care of them at the end. They're happy. And how many hours is a shift typically? If the club closes at two, I'll go in at nine or 10. So like four hours, five hours. 
and then we make our own schedule. So like sometimes I'll work one day a week if I'm like being really lazy, but then once I'm in hustle mode and I like have a goal I need to reach by a certain time, I can work like 10 days in a row and four hour shifts each day. Okay. So generally you're taking home about 1500 bucks. What's the most amount of money you've ever made in a shift? I've made over 20,000 in one shift. (laughs) That's not normal. Like that doesn't happen all the time. How did that happen? Me and my friend just like met this guy who like, I don't think he's ever been in the club before, like this time that we met him, but he just wanted to like go crazy. And he was like an investor in cryptocurrency. This was like two years ago. So, you know, when it was hot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And he like just wanted to have fun and party. So we were like, yeah, let's party. And then we would just like kept asking for tips. And he was like, yeah, whatever you guys want for a tip. And we would be like, okay, another 5,000. And he's like, sure, no problem. And we're like, like, oh, damn, I should have said 10. (laughs) Yeah. And then we would just keep doing it. And he just kept being like, okay, okay. And then we ended up like, the manager came back and like bought us like 1942 shots. And like he tipped the manager a thousand dollars. Like he was just going crazy. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great customer. He never came in again. <laughs> I guess those type of guys come in once, like we'll spend crazy money. And then they're like, all right, I had the strip club crazy experience. That's it for me. And he paid you in dollars, I'm assuming, not crypto. <laughs> so people usually use like when it's like a big amount like that, they'll use the Amex, American Express, Platinums. They're the best. Just because usually there's like no limit or there's a really high limit. So if they want to do like a big tip, like Amex will just, you know, send it through. But if they get a fraud alert, then they just get a text on their phone and then the card will work again. But yeah, usually people like that tip us big, use a credit card. And then the club will give us, it's called funny money. And it's like you cash in at the end of the night for real money, but the club takes a percentage. So like say a guy's tipping us a hundred dollars. They'll charge him on the card $120 because they charge him 20%. And then when we cash it out, we get $85 because the club charges us a percentage too. So that's how the club gets their cut. I so see. the club gets a good cut. Yeah. It's a really so good cut. So we're making cut. money. The club's making money too. <laughs> right? Okay. So that's way beyond like what a credit card fee is. Yeah. yeah. And then the ATM fees at the club are like I'm just sure. as much. So, you know, it's like whether you give us cash or tip on the card, you're still going to have to pay a big fee. That's a great but, business okay. to own an yeah. ATM at a strip club. Right? I need to do that. We need to invest in that. <laughs> I agree. So is that crypto dude, is that the biggest tip you've ever gotten? Yeah. The night that I made over 20000 was like the best night. And it was funny because that week my friend asked me, she's like, what's the most you ever made? And I was like, oh, like 10000 She's like, we're going to make more than that together one of these days. And then within that week is when we made more. And I was like, damn, girl, what are you, psychic? But I was so happy. <laughs> So would that have pushed your year when that happened, like to the highest grossing year you've had? Or like on average, how much do you make in a year? Yeah, um, I make six figures. I don't usually say exactly how much, but yeah, definitely over six figures a year. So how does the employment work? Like, are you employed by the club as a W-2 employee? Are you a contractor? Well, some girls actually do get their LLC. Like I should do that because then you can write off everything like pretty much anything that a woman does regularly you can write off like nails hair but yeah so i'm an independent contractor so we have to pay to work we can make our own schedule and then we have to figure out our own taxes i have an accountant that does my taxes for me so every shift i write down how much i make 
And then I pay quarterly. So every quarter I'll tell my accountant, okay, I made this much this quarter, this much this quarter. And then I'll just pay quarterly. And then at the end of the year, I either owe more money or I'll get money back. But usually I end up owing like a couple thousand more. So I love the TikTok that you did calling somebody out who wanted to report you to the IRS like that was insane. You have an accountant, you pay your quarterly taxes, you did a video like showing the confirmation of it slay. Do you see other dancers struggle with figuring out their tax situation? Yeah, I get a lot of messages online about random dancers all over the country that like ask me and I'm just like, hey, just find an accountant and, you know, just tell them you're an independent contractor. And always write down like how much you're making and everything so you can keep track and save receipts, you know, and also we get to write off like our house fees, which is cool. So I'll tell my accountant like, okay, like I work this many shifts. So I paid this many house fees. So I paid the club this much. And it actually like helps us like owe less money. Has it been tricky sometimes? Are there accountants who don't want to work with strippers? I'm not sure. I've only had one accountant. I've been dancing for eight years. And I've only had an accountant for like the last four years. Cause you know, when girls start dancing, they don't, they just take the money and they're like, Oh, this is fast cash. But if you want to dance long-term, you definitely need an accountant. My accountant's great. Like she's been with me for four years, but definitely I feel like some accountants would probably not want to work with dancers or they'll be like weird about it, you know, but luckily I've never experienced that. Awesome. So let's unpack this TikTok that went viral with this guy, Ethan Kaiser, who said that he made 600K a month reporting strippers to the IRS and encouraged followers to report you to the IRS. He later said that it was a joke or cautionary tale or something like to walk it back. But since that video went viral, first of all, what did you think? First of all, I knew that guy was just like, am I allowed to curse or no? Yes. Okay. That guy is a piece of shit. I'm like, he knows nothing about the entertainment industry and he knows nothing about dancers because me and all my friends would pay our taxes. So that's why I made a video responding to him because I'm like, I just have to like set this guy straight. Like he's one of those guys that just hears stuff online about dancers and then just hates and, you know, assumes things like he didn't know anything. Like that's why I was like, I pay my taxes in order to have things in life. You need to pay your taxes. You need proof of income. So like, I wouldn't have a nice house. I wouldn't have cars. I wouldn't be able to do the things I do without paying my taxes. So I think he just is mad that he can't be a dancer. Like, I mean, I guess he could probably could be a, you know, a dancer, a male dancer, but. Listen, it's hard. I tried to take a pole dancing class once. Like I bow down. I could not get my ass on a pole. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a a lot lot of strength. Yeah. That guy is crazy. Like, and then. His video, like so many people, like my followers were reporting his video that like his video got taken down. So my Stitch video got taken down. I was like, damn it. I was doing so good. I was getting more views than his video. Oh, my God. I mean, I want to get back to your house in a second. But first of all, of course, we're going to advocate everybody to pay their taxes. But I do think there's a special place in hell for people who report other people and snitch to the IRS. Exactly. There's millionaires that literally get tax breaks and will make millions of dollars and then have to pay like 10,000, you know, like, so why hate on the people that are just trying to do something for themselves and, and are actually honest and pay their taxes? Like why pick on them? Like people like that are just jealous that we can go and and we can make $2,000 in a night, you know, in, in four hours. So that's why we deal with so much hate, but I'm here to you know, set the record straight. 
Do you have followers threatening to report you to the IRS since then? After you made that video, I had like a lot of comments being like, I'm going to report you. And now even if I do post a video, I will still get like random comments. And it's most like, I don't know why the men are so angry with us strippers, but the men will come and be like, I'm going to report you. I'm going to get my, what do they get? 15% or something they said. 30% or something they think they're going to get. But also you need like a lot of information to report someone anyway. Like they would need to know my address, my social, like where I work. And they would need to like be right about it because then they can get in trouble for lying. Yeah. And they better make sure that their shit is on lock because you don't want to throw stones at glass houses. Exactly. Because I'm coming for you next. Right? (laughs) Have any of your coworkers ever been audited or gotten in trouble with tax stuff? No. My one friend, like she had an accountant and he did the taxes wrong. So they contacted her and they were just like, oh, you owe us like a couple thousand more. That was it. Like I never had any of my friends get in trouble for it. And what do you do with all this? So it's like mostly cash, right? Some of the tips come on the cards, but then if the tip goes on the card, do they pay you in cash? Like, is it all cash? Yeah, it's all cash. So like, even when a guy tips on the credit card, we'll get the funny money. And then at the end of the night, we'll cash it out for real money. And then I'll just take cash to the bank and deposit it. And then you have to claim everything that goes into the bank. But like, you know, if I'm paying like bills or I'm out or I go on vacations, like I'll just pay cash with me. Do you limit the amount of cash that you deposit at a certain time? Yeah. Like I usually do like 5,000 or less. Yeah. I think at 10K, they like have to report to the IRS. So sometimes people do like right under that. Yeah. Um, Some banks are weird too. Like they won't want you to be their customer if you're like depositing like thousands and thousands of dollars all the time. They'll just be like, because, you know, banks worry about themselves too and their own asses. So, you know, I just try to like deposit like a couple thousand, like, you know, and I'll make sure I put money aside, but like, okay, these are for my bills. Like, I'll just keep this cash and pay my bills with that. And then, okay, I'll put this money in the bank, you know. But like your utility bills and stuff, you pay not using cash. But you can also go to the post office and get a money order so you can still use cash. So had you ever had a bank not want to work with you because you deposited so much cash? Well, I don't know if that was the reason, but I did have a bank for a long time. And then I was making a lot of deposits one month. And then like the next month they were like, oh, we no longer like can do business with you. And I was like, and they were like, you have 30 days to take your money out of the bank. And I'm like, oh, okay. What? Yeah, it was so weird. I didn't, I, and I actually, I asked them and they said they don't have to give me a reason, but I think it was because I was putting like so much into the bank. That was my assumption anyway, because I was with the bank for so long. How much money did you have in there? I think I put like 20,000 in one week or something, but it was in like three days. Also, I was getting PayPal's from a good customer of mine. So it was like the cash from the club. And then also my customer was sending me PayPal money. So then, you know, they probably were like, whoa, red flag. All right. You know, like I'll take my money elsewhere. Yeah. I was like, okay, there's like a million banks. I'll just go somewhere else. No problem. And you just bought your dream house, right? Congrats. Working with the cash business, were you able to put a down payment or did you pay in all cash? How did that work? I used the money that was in my bank. So I had like two banks at the time. Well, I still do. I don't know why I'm saying like I don't. But yeah, so I have two bank accounts and then I just had to take like money from each and then get a check and put it together because I try not to put all my money into one bank, you know? So if I make 
$10,000. I don't want to put just 10,000 in one bank account. I like to have my money split. That's smart, especially like if you want your FDIC insurance, which is less than 250K in one account. Exactly. And a lot of rich businessmen have like multiple bank accounts. So I'm learning from them. So when I'm at the club and I see they got like five debit cards, 10 credit cards, I'm like, okay, I'm doing what he does. But yeah, so I just had to put a down payment. It was like 85,000 down payment. And I needed two years of proof of income. And then I needed a letter from my job too, stating that I have been there for more than two years, just because the mortgage company wanted to make sure like, you know, dancers move around a lot and like, we'll work at one club for like a month and then go to a different state and work at another club. So the mortgage company just wants to make sure like, okay, she definitely works this many days a week. She's got her shit together. She's not just going to like get this house and not pay her mortgage. So you just need like proof that you actually are dedicated to a club. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to figure out proof of income if you're not a W employee, like across the board, no matter what industry you're in. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely harder when you don't get like checks every week and there's like no proof of everything there. It was a little harder for me, but my mortgage guy worked with me and here I am. So it is possible to buy a dream home when you're a dancer. And the next step, it sounds like, is to get an LLC. Yes. And then I want to do real estate properties. So having my LLC will be better for me. And you said that uh, you've been learning from some of the businessmen who've come in. What kind of lessons have they taught you? You know, just like the basics. Like they'll always say things like, you better be saving your money. And because when I first started dancing, I did not save my money. You know, typical dancer, like, oh, I made money. Let me go buy a Louis Vuitton bag and like splurge on designer bags. But I've met customers that became like really good friends of mine. And, you know, they've always told me like, oh, make sure you're putting money in the bank. Like every month, make sure you at least put this much in the bank so that you have proof of income, make sure you're paying your taxes, make sure you're saving, you know, so just like the little basic lessons. But like when you see a successful guy at the club spending thousands, you take them more serious than like when my mom's like, oh, save your money, you know, like I'm taking his word over yours, mom. Like, so I'll, I'll take them more serious. But I've, I've listened to a lot of my customers with their advice and stuff. Um, Definitely grateful for that because it got me to where I am today. Hold on to your wallets. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. 
It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now for some more money rehab. I like all the Baltimore Ravens, Meek Mill. Yeah, the bad tippers is like normal with celebrities. Like usually like we'll avoid celebrities if they come in because we're like, oh, they're probably, you know, they think they're high status. They're not the normal customer. So they want to be treated like a king or a queen. And usually they're cocky. Like I know Meek Mill when he comes to the club. He does not spend money, does not tip well, and he wants everyone to like kiss his ass. Like, I'm here. That's it. My presence. That's good enough, right? No. <laughs> Have you worried about naming names? Like specific no, names? No, no, because they go to all the clubs all over the country. Like my word against theirs, I guess, but like the dancers, we know. We know what's up. All dancers all over the country will agree with me that a lot of celebrities are not good tippers. And I was working at a club in New York when J-Lo and A-Rod came into the club. I think she was just scoping the club out because she was doing that movie, Hustlers. Mm, Yeah. And I think she just wanted to see what it's like. But she wasn't throwing crazy money or anything. I feel like if I ever, like, really rich and famous, I would be, like, how Cardi B is, you know? She understands. Like, she'll go to the club and I always see her posting videos at strip clubs, throwing mad money, having fun, you know, sharing all her money with the girls, having a good time, not being greedy and... She's humble. She's genuine. I hope she comes to my club one day. That would be so fun. (laughs) Do all the strippers look up to Cardi? Yeah. I really like her. Like, I follow her. I think her story's amazing. But a lot of girls like her music. And a lot of girls pick her songs for the stage and stuff. It's like you can relate with her. That's how we feel. And then the celebrities that did tip well, like Usher and Drake. Did you have a firsthand experience with them? I did not have a firsthand experience with Usher or Drake. One of my friends is a cocktail waitress at the club and Usher came in. This was when I started eight years ago. So she had told me this story when I had already started. But she said that Usher came in and I don't know how much he tipped. I don't remember, but it was like a couple thousand just for like the bar tab for the waitresses. So he was a good tipper. And then Drake, also not firsthand experience, but I have a friend that worked at a club and he threw thousands of dollars and you know all the girls just came and took their trash bags and filled them up with all the ones and he just showed love a lot of celebrities don't tip well but then there is some that will go into the club and just buy like ten thousand ones and throw it and oh here for all the girls take it amber rose came into the club last summer and she got like five thousand ones and was having fun being sweet showing love to all the girls really friendly my friend went up to her. I didn't. I was shy. I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that girl, you know? And she's like, no, no, just come up. So my friend went up alone and got like a thousand off her. I was going to ask you, when women come into the club, are they weird? Do they not tip? Like, what's the difference? I guess it depends how drunk the girl is. Because like, <laughs> you'll get like the sober girls that are like so shy and they'll just stand around. Maybe they'll come in with their boyfriend just to like 
watch what he's doing. But then you have the fun girls that come in and they want to throw money. I've done lap dances one-on-one with just a girl and it'll be more fun because, you know, they're a woman, they understand and they're more like gentle and sensual. And I get a lot of couples that come in and the husband will be like the boring one. And then the wife is fun and crazy. And I'm like, I see why you married her. She's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So on what it's like dancing, you've said there's a lot of judgment and negativity towards strippers and it can be hard to deal with, but I try not to let it get to me. I know what I'm doing is legal and consensual and it's helping me support myself and my family. Uh, You were quoted as saying that. So what are some of the most common misconceptions do you think about dancing? The most common misconceptions, well, one, that we don't pay our taxes, two, that we are drug users. That is not true. Of course, anybody can do drugs with any job, but people just assume all strippers are like hardcore drug users. And people just assume that we're prostitutes and we just sleep with everyone for any type of money. So even guys that come into the club, they'll just come in and be like, so how much for sex? And they'll just be like, oh, do you want $500? Come to my hotel. And we're like, that's not how this works. Of course, there can be girls that do that. And hey, more power to them. They want to make money that way. But not every dancer is like that. So like you said, there's a lot of opinions on dancing and stripping and any kind of sex work or any work that people can monetize their sexuality or their body in any way. A lot of those opinions come from people who are outside the industry, of course. But I guess the debate is, is the work empowering or derogatory? That's really what it comes down to. So what's your experience? Has there ever been a time where you've felt it's derogatory or have you always felt it's empowering? No, I've always felt it was empowering. Because before this job, I had no confidence. I was not outgoing. I didn't feel good in my own body. And I felt bad for like not having money to do things I wanted to do. And this job has made me feel so good about myself. I feel so confident in my own skin. I make money to do the things that I want to do in life. So it makes me truly happy. I can support my family. And of course, there's always going to be haters with any type of job that you have. So you just got to pick your poison. I love my job. I have a lot of fun. The nicest people I've met in my life are girls that I met from the club. They're all humble, genuine, because we meet guys that come into the club and they tell us all their problems. So it's actually a good thing I have a degree in psychology because I can be a good therapist to them. A naked therapist. (laughs) The best kind. Um, I was reading an article about strip fluencers. I guess there's a fluencer for everything now. Um, Once said, it's not a job that you're going to have forever, but if you're dancing to pay for college or to buy a house or something like that, that's going to benefit you in the future, then I would recommend it, but not if you just want to buy bags and shoes. Do you agree with that? No, I think that if a girl wants to be a dancer, just buy bags and shoes, more power to her. But it can be a long-term job. I know girls that have made the job a career and I know someone that owns like 15 properties because of dancing. I know someone that owns a boutique because of dancing, a salon, like, you know, so it does set you up for life if you are smart with your money and not buying bags and shoes. But if you want the job just for the bags and shoes and fancy dinners, then more power to you. Or both. If you're listening to Money Rehab and you're budgeting and you're buying your small indulgences and you're investing, that's cool, too. Exactly. That's how I live. Once in a while, I buy myself something nice or like I try to do vacations once a month. And for me, that's budgeting. That's a good way to budget. I wish I could take a vacation. <laughs> um, so how how many years have you been stripping 
so far? And then how long do you plan on doing it? I started January 2015 and I'll probably do it another five years. It depends. When I reach all my goals, then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Once I have other sources of income, then I'll be happy. I want to own multiple properties and make sure that I'm set for life. I want things paid off. I don't want debt. So as long as I'm doing good with that, I'll stop dancing. But if I have to keep dancing to reach those goals, then I can work for two years, three years, five years. These are great money goals. I end all of our episodes by asking for one tip listeners can take straight to the bank. What do you think's one piece of advice you'd give to anyone who runs a cash business? I definitely suggest paying your taxes quarterly because instead of paying $40,000 at the end of the year, that's like a huge loss you feel like. But if you're paying quarterly, it's just like a little jab here and there. It's not that bad. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.